Hey, Billy, I'm wondering, have you been looking for a way to get better as a coach? Uh, always. That's good because you could do it by using GMS Plus. It's a great resource for courses, drills, stats, videos, tips, and much more. Many of the game's winningest coaches and players, including Heather Olmstead, Keegan Cook, John Spira, Mike Wall, and Courtney Thompson, have used it or are a part of it. They're also actually have been former guests, so you know they're good. Personally, I've learned a lot from Gold Medal Squared, as have many of our guests. So if you're looking to win a state championship or an Olympic gold medal, GMS Plus will help you get there. Get 20% off an annual subscription today. Go to goldmedalsquared.com backslash CYBO and enter CYBO. That's goldmedalsquared.com slash CYBO and enter coupon code CYBO. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. We're excited to welcome to the show the head coach of Western Kentucky, Travis Hudson. Travis, thanks for joining us. Uh, glad to be here. So you had another amazing season. Uh, it's been fun to follow. Uh, this year you guys went 27-2, and made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. I'm curious, what do you do after a season where you have all the success to make sure that you continue to grow or continue to sustain your level? Um, this year is a little different, I think, just because we played, you know, two seasons in one calendar year. Yeah. And, uh, that That's something I never, ever, ever want to do again as long <laughs> as I coach. I think that was brutal for coaches and players alike. And um, so, you know, we, we couldn't get away from each other fast enough at the end of this one. I think we just really need – you know, it's healthy. Like you're glad to see your family at Christmas when they first get there. But after a couple of days, it's time to get away from each other. Right. And we um, we just needed some time away. And so, you know, this is one of those times where even with our staff, we had very little contact for a while, just trying to decompress and and get a fresh start moving into the spring. I'm curious, did you see other things like fatigue or physical was there more injuries or were things you're aware of going like the back-to-back season that's you know, I was I was worried about that you know from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint I actually called uh Karch and talked to him for a while because I couldn't think of anybody who who deals with that much wear and tear in one year and I started thinking about those USA kid, uh, players and you know playing overseas and then coming right back and being part of it and and you know so he gave me some really great feedback on you know, his terminology physically was just build that suit of armor, you know, get as strong physically as you can. And I think that part of it went much better than I anticipated. I thought there'd be more injuries in college volleyball than there were. Uh, but the mental part of it was extraordinarily difficult and much, much worse than anything I've ever encountered in 27 years. Just, you know, kids, it was almost, I mean, it was, they were almost short circuiting a little bit. They're kids that love to play and love the game and love to be in the gym and, you know, would literally walk in my office and sit down and say, look, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. And, yeah. um, and I don't think anything was wrong. I think it was just too much, you know, was there any things you did that you feel like was helpful? And I, it seems like the mental health isn't going away. So I'm, yeah, I'm just curious how you, you tackled that. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know that we have a perfect blueprint because it didn't go as well as I wanted in terms of the it, it you know wins and losses went great it didn't go as well as I wanted in terms of the experience you know for these kids and how much they enjoyed it I mean there were a lot of I mean we we went deep we we, we had a great year we lost very little but 
you know, we had a lot of kids that were really struggling just on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, the two things that I really tried to, I mean, we tried to really cut back on the amount of things we were doing. And then we, we really ramped up the communication about it. I think one of the things that was really important was, was making these kids understand that it was okay to feel that way because there was almost a sense of guilt because, you know, some of these are really great kids that care a lot about the game and are really invested that didn't necessarily feel like getting in the gym that day. And I think it was really important to make them feel okay about that, you know, because I I don't think it meant they didn't care or there was something there wasn't, you know, I just think they needed, they needed to understand that it was a really difficult task. Cool. Well, we want to jump in and talk about your team culture and some of the things that have led you to be so successful. Um, and you've clearly had a ton of success and at a non-Power 5 school in a state that's not always known for volleyball. Um, what do you think you've done to win so consistently? Well, uh, first of all, I think, I think I was able to do it in a way that coaches aren't able to do it if they're starting out now, which means I was able to uh, build a foundation that took time. And coaches aren't afforded that time now to build cultures in the way that we did it. You know, I mean, it was, I was, I don't know, three years in, three years in, in my coaching career, I think I was like uh, 18 and 40 something in my coaching career. But, you know, we just, we, we built a, a culture and a foundation here that's very unique. And a lot of people talk about unique cultures, but if you dig into ours, I think it, it shows it. Um, you know, I've been here, I've been here 27 years now. And in this age of transfers and people leaving programs and all those kinds of things, you know, we, we've had two kids leave our program in 27 years, two. And I think it speaks to, you know, just the, 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 the culture of our program is one. Look, I always knew we had to be a program that, um, how could we be different? You know, we, we can't win the you know, the arms race that, that is college athletics right now. We're not going to have, I tell kids when we recruit them right now, you know, up front, if, you know, if you're looking for the biggest locker room and the, you know, the, the most this, and this is not your place. It's not Mm -hmm. because when you start looking and recruiting, you're going to find places that have bigger locker rooms and better football teams and, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, our foundation is built on, you know, the term, the term family is thrown around way, way, way too much, you know, in this profession, everybody says they have a family and we're going to really care about you and yada, yada, yada. And then you look in there, they have nine transfers in the last two years. And you know, I I don't, ours is one that's, that's truly built on development of kids. Um, It's built on uh, truth and respect and trust. And, um, and those are things that can only be established over the course of time, because, you know, you, you can, you can say what you want in the recruiting process, but when you, when kids get here, I think that we, I think we continue, if it makes any sense, I think we continue to recruit them throughout their career in terms of just, you know, having an environment in place that's, that's exactly what we told them it was going to be. And I think that it, our foundation is one that kids come here and they know they're going to be loved and respected and, and treated a certain way. And, you know, I've coached all Americans. We've had a lot of success, but not everybody that came here was an all American or played as much as they wanted. And, 
you know, I think the kids that really show what our program is about are the kids that stayed here for four years and played a very insignificant role in terms of on the court, because I think it speaks to, you know, to what playing here is about and, and that you're going to be around people that love and care about you. Uh, the first thing that jumped out was I love the, uh, the idea of just admitting kind of the weaknesses. I feel like times what I've done is like, you know, you just hide it. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, everything here is great. You know, <laughs> you know everything's awesome. And, yeah, we're not going to really go by the locker room, but you know, this school is amazing. But it's cool that you just kind of call it out. Like, this is what it is. And if you're looking for this, then, then I get it. So I'm sure that that helps attract the right people. Is is building your culture like how important is recruiting the right sort of person? That is, that's exactly what it is. It's it's finding the right people um, because you know that that. I'm a very, if nothing, anybody that knows me will tell you that that dude's a pretty straight up guy. He's a pretty upfront guy because to me, one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make in coaching and recruiting is, you know, you start, you start wanting to tell kids that you're a whole lot of things that you're not. And I don't know who that benefits because yes, yes, you may end up signing a couple kids that maybe you wouldn't sign otherwise, but they're going to get there. And when it's something different than what they thought they were getting, they're going to be unhappy. And if they're unhappy, then your transfer rate's going to go up. If they're unhappy, then they're never going to be the player that they they want to be here. And I, I, I just think you're – then you end up with – you know, I would rather I would rather a kid decide they don't want to come to Western Kentucky uh, when they're a high school kid than decide when they're a sophomore in college at Western Kentucky because, you know, I want them to know up front this is what you're getting yourself into. And, look, we – I mean, we have really great facilities and we have a lot of really great things here, but at a non-Power 5 school, especially in the current climate, um, I mean, it's silly to think that you can put them in a position if they're about gear and, and arenas and all, you know, nutrition centers and weight rooms. And if it's about the biggest, then, then this is not going to be something we can compete with. But, you know, my favorite line in recruiting is, you know, I say all those things very upfront to them, but then I say, look, remember, uh, when you drive down the street, the biggest house in the neighborhood is not always the best home. Hmm. And, you know, you, so there's more to this. If you're the kind of kid that can come here and be successful, then you know that, you know, there's more to this than, than just how big it is. That's, that's a great line. I love that. I'm going to steal that for sure. So, so if we have these like buckets of coaching, say there's, you know, the training and practice, there's recruiting, there's all the other stuff, administration, and all the stuff you put your time into, like how, how important would you say culture is towards your team being successful on the court? And how much of your time are you implementing into this, this idea of, of team culture? Yeah, um, um, probably more than a lot of people um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because by nature, I am a very relational guy. Like I, the relationships are why I'm in this profession. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I've had with the success that we've been fortunate to have here, you know, a thousand times in my career, I've been asked, well, why haven't you gone somewhere else? Why haven't you taken the bigger job? Why haven't you gone to a better conference? Why haven't you, whatever the case may be. And my answer is always the same because for the reasons why I coach, I don't need to be at one of those places. You know, to me, you know, the, the, it's the same game. It's the same development. It's the same issues that you're trying to help young people work through. 
you know, I just may, I may be helping a, a, a six, six, one middle work through it instead of going somewhere where I can help a six, five middle work through it, you know, and it's, it's just, it's the reasons why I coach are, are all in front of me here. And, um, and so I am a, that's why I think the culture piece. And then when you, when you start asking yourself, look, I told you I'm a pretty blunt guy about all this. When you look, we've been in every top 25 poll for the last three years. And when you start looking at the teams in the top 25 and you ask yourself, you play that game you played when you were a kid, which of these does not belong? Mm-hmm. You know, it's Western Kentucky, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't hide from that. We're, we're not in the SEC. We're not in the Big 12. We're not in the what ACC or the Pac-12. Or, so which of these does not belong? What's our program? And so why? How? And the why and the how, to me, we're never going to be able to compete, like I said, from the, the facility standpoint or the gear standpoint or the, all that. So how can we be different? And we can be different with a culture that is, is, is true, is real. Uh, we can be different from a player development standpoint. You know, when you see kids, you know, we've, we, I've been fortunate to coach several All-Americans. Well, not many of them came here uh, as Fab 50 kids out of high school, you know. And so we, we really, to me, we have to do it better than everybody else uh, developmentally. And we have to do it better than everybody else culturally, because those are things that can't be affected by money. And then I'm just wondering, along the way of building your culture, uh, what resources, what people have you learned from? Like, what are some of the things that have helped shape uh, the culture you have today? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've always been a I've always been a coaching junkie. Like, I I've always um, I've always had a strong belief that um, if a person can coach, like X's and O's, is not what makes somebody a great coach. And I, I truly believe a great coach, given the time to learn X's and O's, uh, could learn to coach any sport. I, I believe that to my core. I believe that, uh, that a Coach K, given the time to learn the X's and O's of volleyball, could be a tremendous volleyball court coach. I, I believe that because it's, you know, I'm living proof of it. I don't have a huge, and we don't have time to probably get into all that, but I don't have a big background in the sport growing up as a high school kid. And I was a football basketball guy. And so I spend a lot of time studying coaches throughout sport, not just throughout our sport. And um, one of the things that's always intrigued me is I think the essence of it is about being true to who you are. I think the biggest mistake young coaches make is trying to be things that they're not. And one of the things that intrigued me in coaching is, you know, there's yellers and screamers that are great coaches. There's reserve, never get up off the bench that are great coaches and everywhere in between. And so how can that be? And the way that that can be is to be very, very true to who you are, because it it kind of goes back to what we were talking about recruiting as well. Um, You you can't fake kids out. You You can't try to be something you're not culturally, and you can't try to be something you're not recruiting wise, because on a day to day basis, man, we really we're with each other and all the goods and the bads and all that. And you, you can't fake people out. And so it's very important to be true to who you are as you build the culture that you want to build. And that's why I think so many people fall on their face because they talk about 
you know, how much they're going to care about kids and they're going to be there and they're this and they're that. And then they get there and that doesn't happen. And, and people start seeing through that kids start mm -hmm. seeing through that. One of the things I've learned is, you know, kids are very honest with each other in the recruiting process. If you bring kids to campus, the kids in your program are going to tell the truth about what you are. And, um, and so I just try to be exactly who everybody thinks I am and who I say that I am. And, um, you know, and try to, to build a culture, like I said, where number 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis are as important as number one, two, and three. Mm. Oh, that's, that's really cool. What, what do you do to, to make 10, 11, and 12 on your roster? Maybe some of the role players, what do you do to make them feel important? Um, I think that can only happen, to be honest, in a meaningful way. I think that's only really going to happen off the court. I, I think I think that there's no way 10, 11, and 12, if, if you're the guy, if you're the head coach, if you're the guy that's that's making them in a way, if you understand what I mean, if you're the one that's saying that they're 10, 11, and 12, because no 10, 11, and 12 ever thinks they're 10, 11, and 12, right? <laughs> so if you're the guy that's telling them you're not going to play today, I don't think there's any way you can get that established culturally in the gym by saying, Hey, you're doing a really great job. Because if I'm saying, Hey, you're doing a really great job. And now you're never getting off the bench as our number 12 player, then I don't think that lasts very long with kids. I think they have a hard time believing that you're genuine, you know, about that. And so I think it's about, you know, time, time away from the court. I think it's about them feeling like that you're invested in them at the same level that you are the all American. I tell our kids in our program all the time, and I think this is one of the things that helps. Um, if it makes sense, look, I think it's I think it's pretty easy to be the All-American in terms of that sense of it. It's hard. Like the kids that I'm constantly talking about are, you know what kind of toughness and guts and unselfishness it takes to, because when, when they all get to college athletics, they're all alpha dogs, right? So they're all the best player from where they came from. You know what kind of character and toughness and guts it takes to to be on board when you're not playing as much as you want to play and and we we talk about that constantly and I I make sure I spend a bunch of time making them again I think it's about being open and honest I think it's about I think it's about looking that kid in the eye and saying hey I know what you're going through is really difficult um, but you know I'm really proud of you and you're you're the reason why, to me, 10, 11, and 12 are the ones that make your culture. Mm. I don't, you know, again, one, it's easy to be on board when you're playing every night. Yeah. But when you, when those other kids can still feel invested in your program, I think that's a huge piece. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. It's a great way to try to measure it too, if, if you're observing them. So if we, if we came to your, your gym, in your first couple of years, when I think you had mentioned your record was, uh, I don't remember the number, you weren't winning a, a bunch yet, but what would we see that was different? And not just in your gym, but in your culture, I guess, what would we see that was different then compared to now? Uh, some things the same, some things different. Like, uh, you know, I, I think that obviously I've gotten a lot more intelligent about that process through the years. Um, I think I was like maybe a lot of young coaches. I think I was, um, I was absolutely a more is better, 
you know, guy when I first started, you know, I think we would just, man, we were crazy. We, we spent so many, I mean, we were doing three a days in two in preseason sometimes. And, you know, we've got to get better. We got to get better. We got to get better. And I, I don't, you know, some of that stuff I think is foundational. It builds a culture of toughness and competitiveness and we're going to outwork you and all those kinds of things. But I think I just, um, I think I've, un, I think at that time I probably would have said I was, you know, 90% invested in the on-court part. And I think through time that has definitely shifted to where I understand that, that the culture part, the relationship part, the mental part, um, are all really, really important parts of building, building it at a high level. And then what would, what would we see on the court in practice that would, uh, that defines your culture? Mm, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I think we're, I don't know if this really speaks to the culture, but I think if people came to our practices and watched, I think they would be, uh, shocked by the simplicity. Of, of what we do. I think that, you know, and I think it's to a fault. Sometimes I think our kids get tired of seeing the same drill go up on the board every day. And, but I think they would be shocked by the simplicity. I'm, I'm out of the school of thought that, um, you know, we're really straightforward. If you watch us play offensively, you would be stunned. We have, and I'm not joking. And, and this is not letting a cat out of the bag. Anybody that plays us know this. We have one play set. We're not running 50 different play sets and running kids all over the place. It's about being very, very good at what we do. And it's putting a lot of, um, you know, we're not trying to fool anybody. We're pretty straightforward in what we do. And we spend a lot of times training our kids, a lot of time training our kids on uh, what we call offensive progressions, which is just, you know, what do I see based on the situation? And if this, then this you know, and, and so it's, it's pretty simplistic. Obviously we're grounded in ball control here. We're never going to be able to out physical people when we get to a certain level. And so uh, our, the foundation of our program has always been built on ball control and defense. Now, as we've, as we've gotten more physical through the years, we've been able to, um, you know, do more things from a blocking standpoint and things like that. But, you know, if you dig deep into our program, the thing that, is jaw dropping every year. I think we have been, I don't think I know, I think for nine out of the last 10 years, we've been one of the top five teams in hitting efficiency in the country. And again, we essentially run one play set and, you know, we're just, it's a, so it's, it's a foundation of um, consistency and discipline. And when I say discipline, I mean, um, we're, we're very low error. We don't make a lot of mistakes. We're never, never going to go into a match. Like you have to beat Western Kentucky. Like we're not going to out, we're not going to air ourselves to death. And like, you have to beat us. You have to go out and make plays um, because we're a pretty highly efficient, a pretty high efficient team. Sounds like a hard team to play. Would you, would you say uh, in matches, there's anything someone can notice about maybe the team culture, even if you're talking about like 10, 11 and 12, I guess just the way like your team would interact is, is there anything you think that stands out uh, about your team? Mm, I think, nah, you know, I don't know. I don't, um, no, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think anything would necessarily stand out. You watch a lot of teams. I think our team is a very together group, but 
I think mm-hmm. on game day, when you watch a lot of teams, I think you see benches that are really invested and, you know, so I don't know that we're really unique in that way. I know our team is very connected in that way. Um, I think that, you know, I'm, I can be, I'm an interesting cat on game day. If you watch our team, because, you know, I'm pretty reserved most of the time, but I'm a, I'm a pretty highly competitive guy myself. And that's one of the things that's changed. I think when I was younger as a coach, I was, um, you know, I was way too, um, too much on the sideline. You know, I've, I'm much more reserved on the sideline, but yet I still have a very competitive streak to me. And there's times when you'll really see me get in a player. And, you know, I, I think maybe sometimes that catches people off guard because they see the reserve me most of the time, but our players, like, that's where the culture is so important. Like our players, our players know that I would never try to show anybody up or I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Our players know how much I love them and care about them and only want them to be good. And, um, and so I don't know that there's anything that, that necessarily stands out in that manner. And what do you guys do off the court that makes your culture effective? Mm, Again, I don't think it's any great. I don't, I don't think we're unlocking any great secrets here. It's, it's about time. It's about spending time with kids and, and I'm not talking about spending time watching film, you know, I mean, that that's, that's important too. We all know that, but it's about time. It's about, you know, I still, if you come to, to our campus and you walk into our locker room and office area, I still have, my office is smaller than my assistant's office. Okay. But I love where my office is. They wanted to they wanted to move me and build me a bigger office and all that. And I'm like, I'm good where I am because our players walk by my office to get to our locker room. And I always want it that way. And our players know we have a rule. OK, we have a rule that no matter who is in my office, if I'm in a meeting with our AD or with someone from facility, it doesn't matter who it is. If our, one of our players needs something, they trump whoever's in my office. And, you know, we're not rude about it, but if a player looks around the corner in my office and needs something, then I'll excuse whoever's in there because I think that that time that I spend with them, man, we spend a lot of time away from the court and, and it's, it's not forced for me. It's the part I like. It's the part I love, man. I spend a lot of time in my office and I, when I have new assistants, I have to make them understand this is I'll spend a, I'll spend an hour in the office with a kid talking about what's going on at home or their boyfriend or this test they took or whatever. And a young assistant sometimes can feel like you're wasting time. And I, I reassure them all the time. Look, I, I know how that feels. I know, I know that means we didn't get to this today, volleyball wise that we needed to get done, but I promise you there's nothing more important uh, to the culture of our program than those kids knowing that we're there for anything they need. And, you know, they spend a lot of time here at my house playing with my kids. And, you know, when they were younger, they would be out in the backyard playing with our kids. Now my, you know, my youngest son's a volleyball player himself. And, you know, so it's just, it's, it's everything, it's everything everybody talks about, but it's all really happening here. You know, it's, (laughs) it it, really, you know, it really, it really is, is a part of, of our culture. And it's, it's the, it's the part that makes me get out of bed every morning. It's the part I love about it. So. That's great. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe 
you know, we're going to set up this uh, trust fall that we're going to do, or I don't know, you know, have these, uh, mm-hmm. these gi- maybe gimmicky things. It just sounds like you prioritize people and you do it consistently. So, um, yeah, and you can't, and you can't yeah. fake that over time. Right. Right. And right. I, I think in recruiting, that's what I tell kids when they sit in front of me, I'm like, look, everybody's telling you what a family they have and how much they're going <laughs> to care about you. And they, you know, but I refer back to what I told you in 27 years, we've had two kids ever walk out of our program two. And, you know, both those kids, one of them, a kid named Jackie Scott was a, was a little undersized outside that we brought here as a ball control player and told her that's what she'd be. And uh, after two years of doing it, she decided she wanted to, to hit. And so she was going to have to drop down a level and we helped her find a play. I mean, it does, it, I just don't think it has to go bad. You know, yeah. if you're truly invested in kids and want what's best for them. Right. Right. Uh, so kind of to, to wrap up the culture stuff, I was curious, do you guys have, like core values as a team. Do you guys talk about that sort of thing? Yeah, we have, we do. We have six and they're everywhere. They're mm. on our, the door walking out of our locker room. They're in our, in our locker room. They're on the back of our practice t-shirts. They're everywhere because I think if your kids don't really know what they are, they're not, re- they don't really understand them. How can they be? Cause th- those values are supposed to be your guiding principles. And how can they guide you if you're, you know, if they don't even know what they are if there's just something that's stuck on a wall. And um, we have six, our six are trust, hard work, accountability, team before me, respect, and be positive. And I, I would tell you, if you had to pare that down, uh, the two that mean more to me and our program than any other ones are trust and respect. I think if number one, respect is something, my, my grandfather is a World War II veteran and taught me everything I needed to know about life and, and respect was at the top of those things for him. And respect, respect means, yeah, you better respect me as, as your head coach, but I'm going to respect you as a player. I'm going to respect you, who you are. And, and I I think those things are really important. I don't, I don't sit behind the desk and beat on the desk and you better listen to what I'm, I'm, that's, that's, that doesn't get you anywhere. And then trust. I don't think there's any bigger, when you talk about culture, you're talking about trust because you can instill all the rules and values and everything that you want in a program. And if there's not trust there, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, culture is, culture is what happens when I'm not around, right? I can, I can set the foundation of what I want it to be, but culture is what happens when I'm not around. And, you know, when, I, when you're not around is when you find out what level of trust you have between you and your players and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And then I think the hardest one of our values for kids right now is accountability. Um, And I say it's a hard one because I think the biggest thing that's lacking, I think it's the biggest issue we have uh, in college athletics right now. Okay, forget about transfer portals and all those other things we're dealing with, NIL and all that stuff. The biggest issue I think we have with young people right now is an inability to communicate well. And, you know, you hear all this garbage, people say all this garbage about, you know, kids, well, their kids aren't the same anymore. And that, that's not true. I think that's silly. I think kids want to be great just as much as they always wanted to be great. And I think kids are willing to work just like they've always wanted to work. I think that's nonsense. I think kids are still great kids. And if you recruit the right ones, they, they're all about you and want to be the best and all that. But the one thing that I do think is at a critically low level is their ability to communicate. And I think that's just the world that they've grown up in. You know, I think they've grown up 
in the world from the time they were little, they've grown up in that in the cell phone world. And I also don't like hearing this, this garbage about, uh, well, kids are always on their phones. Well, so are you, so am I. Mm -hmm. So, so are our parents, everybody is in this world. I, I think that's just part of the world we live in now. But I think the difference is they've grown up in that. When, when we grew up, we grew up in a world where we had to have face-to-face -face communication mm -hmm. and they don't. And I laughed one day, I asked our players, I said, how many of you guys have ever physically had someone ask you out on a date, like face-to-face <laughs> and not one hand in the room went up. Wow. You know, now it's a, now it's a, I'll shoot you a text. And then if you don't want to go, you don't even respond. Right. You just act like you never got it. And then we act like we never even sent it. And like, that's, that's, so there's no, there's no communication, which means accountability is tough. And so I think that's, you know, we really work hard to try to develop them as communicators, eye contact, talking to each other, um, you know, being able to accept that information and like that, that that's the thing that I think we have to really work hard to make happen now. Billy, we might've had a chance to get a couple of dates in this uh, day and age. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do zoom. They'd still see my ugly mug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we could text that, that could have. So do you have any advice for coaches trying to come up with their own team values and I guess over the years, have your players played a role in, in shaping some of those? Yeah, um, my advice would be uh, no coach that listens to this. Do not write mine down. OK, because, again, it's again, it's about like I said earlier, it's about being true to who you are. And I think that it sounds cool. Some of these that I have sound really, really cool. But if you're not if you're not invested in them, they're not going to stick. And they're not going to work. And so I think it's. I think it's as a young coach, I think it's about sitting down and, you know, one of the big mistakes I made as a young coach was I watched coaches around me and I tried to be them. I tried to, well, this is a really successful coach and this is how he does it. So it's how, and it doesn't work that way. And so I think just having a re, sitting down and really thinking about what's important to me, because that's what will stick with your kids and show through on a day-to-day -day basis. Because if you say one thing, you're not going to, you know, it only lasts for a little while. The only things that last over the course of time are the things that are truly important to you.